0: Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host Mitch Michael. Thanks for joining me on this sports podcast episode 94 of the series. we got a great show playing for you today. I'm going to be talking to my tennis channel buddy, George Pinozian first. We're going to talk about Wimbledon, Venus Williams in the final. We're recording this. We recorded an interview last night, uh, so the men's semifinals is going on as I speak right now. Uh, and it will be exciting to see who Takes the championships at the All England Club. George and I are going to recap what's gone on so far and what to look forward to at championship time this weekend. And then I'm going to talk to my good buddy Ryan Souls, my St. Louis University fellow alumni. We're going to talk about Mayweather McGregor, the media circus that is what they've been doing, uh, as well as NBA Summer League, the little book at NFL, and then uh, an experience at a concert that I went to recently. All that and more on the Money Mitch effect. And it starts right. Now. All right. My pleasure, as always, to bring with you on the show, the return of the gambler, owner of Sweet and Howl LLC, and my friend and hopefully yours, George Pinozzi, and thanks for joining the Money Mitch effect. Yeah,
1: Money Mitch, man. It's been a little while. It I'm has. i to be back now. <laughs>
0: I'm just upset we're not doing this as our original plan on a boat. <laughs> it should know, have been I mean, on a I boat. Was
1: kind of wait, I was kind of waiting for you to just show up with all your equipment and and maybe some girls or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> we, could,
1: we could have just had a big big uh, money mitch effect
0: party. Yeah, we could have just been rolling in, you know, podcast equipment, you know, parties, drinks. <laughs> Desserts, but <laughs> just mi- microphones, <laughs> just, mi- you know, just, just like microphones and cinnamon everywhere, huh? <laughs> but the opportunity was missed. But George Wimbledon, then we're we're getting to the to the championship rounds, the knockout stages, and it's all about age, I guess. That's what we're that's what we're learning right now. The women are in the finals. It's going to be Garbini Muguruza against Venus Williams. Venus took out British hope. Joanna conto looking for her first major, and that's going to have to keep waiting. Muguruza took out Rybarkova, who is ranked 87th in the world, the Slovakian, making a deep run. George, here's an interesting stat that I want to that I want to share with you about the women about women's tennis, and we know it's kind of suffering without Serena. Do you realize, George, that the last eight consecutive Grand Slams have had an unseeded player make the semifinals?
1: In the last eight?
0: Last eight straight. Oh my God! Now. I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. You know they've included names like Caroline Wozniaki, who was sucking and got back to being better. and Joanna Conta when she first came up. But think about how crazy that is: eight straight, without interruption for the last two That's years.: remarkable. Somebody outside the top yeah, 32. I mean,
1: it just shows you how unpredictable the women's game is. There's, no, there's not really like one dominant player right now that every tournament. I mean, that, that kind of makes it fun, though, in a way, that like, it's not so predictable. I guess you can look
0: at it that way well we have Venus Williams George age 37 debuted in Wimbledon 20 years ago and she's back in the finals her second major final of 2017 I got you know a lot of love for Federer a lot of respect okay. for Federer and Nadal but and, and Serena even at her age but Venus is 37 she's older than all of them she was written off probably more times than all of them but here she is back in the final I mean how do you how do you put this into perspective what she's doing at her age
1: no, I mean I definitely give her a lot of respect especially since what she's gone through, you know, physically mm-hmm. and mentally, you know, with her health and everything and but no, I mean it's a cool it's a cool story obviously to to achieve that at her age and it's definitely something that no one ever expected from her at all, you know, and then let alone I mean she has been pretty dominant at Wimbledon over over her career, but I mean as far as for excitement, I'm not excited at all because because Venus is just She's an older player, and there's nothing about her game that excites me anymore. So I'm I'm not really excited about the match itself, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> but it's yeah, it a great
0: a promo. Cool story. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it is a cool story, and and I mean Muguruza, This is her second Wimbledon final, so you you would imagine that she would play better this time. I mean, it is it's definitely hers to hers to lose at this point. I mean Muguruza, but you never know. You never know. But I'm.
0: I'm kind of cheering for Muguruza. <laughs> well, Venus is... Look, Don't take we don't want to take away anything from Venus or Muguruza, George, but Serena not being in this tournament and Sharapova to an extent definitely opened the door for other players, and Venus and Muguruza, to their credit, just walked right through it. I mean, Venus has a game that I guess translates best on grass. She has a big serve. She's been in big points, and that's what I saw today in her match against Kanta, George, was that she's been there before. Kanta wilted under pressure. Yeah. She didn't play bad, but those big moments, Kanta having two break points, Venus serves out of it. Kanta finds herself having to save break points, and she can't do it. So I think Venus is somebody that's been here, and it's been in the moment. But on the flip side, Muguruza has had quite an up-and-down couple of years, wouldn't you say? I mean, shes it seems like either going deep into majors, she's, she's won one, she's gone to a couple finals, or getting bounced early. It's good to see her... You know, put it back on and 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 you know, get her head up straight on her shoulders because we knew the game's always been there mentally. I think she's growing by leaps and bounds.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is, what you just said at the end of um, and her the mental part of her game is obviously what's very inconsistent and something that she's working on as she gets older and her you know, but. Yeah, I mean, she. We all know that she's talented. So it's it's kind of only a matter of time until she kind of gets everything together. She's still pretty. She's still young. So she's still kind of figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, if Sharapova was in this tournament at this point, she probably would have won it. You know, like it's just especially <laughs> yeah. with all the players that are left. The only player. I mean, we were all excited to kind of see what Azarenka was gonna do, what Kvitova was gonna do. Like some of these big name players that haven't been around. A while, and now they're finally back in. But you know, it, it, it's gonna take time for those players too to adjust to to playing so many matches and so many given days, and and obviously it's not easy physically to to compete uh, at, at the world class level. But uh, yeah, I mean Muguruza, I think it'll be awesome if she wins it because what it'll give her her second Grand Slam title, one French, one Wimbledon. You know, it's it, it, it'll give her a good confidence boost. I, I want somebody new to just start dominating, and that's, it's just not happening. And like, Kerber did it for, like, a minute, and then but no one's staying consistent, you yeah. know, like, like a Serena or like a Venus, like a Sharapova, like players that we've seen in the past that have clearly been better than other players, not just for a couple months.
0: Yeah, Kerber has two Grand Slams, that's about the closest that we can get to that point, but yeah, yeah. we'll see if Muguruza can put it together and, and hopefully not fight with her coach, because we know that might be looming as well. What kind I, of fighting? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of fighting. Um, but George, I, I need a question answered. Bigger choke in the tournament, Halep or Coco Vandewey?
1: Um, I mean, I, 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 guess can't I, can't Halep- I guess
0: you can't call Halep. I guess you can't call a choke because this is really what call she does. Really,
1: of them a choke, but I, w- I would, say Coco. Though. Coco yeah. <laughs> lost to <Rebarcova>, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Coco, because Halep like. I never looked at Halep as one of the favorites to win Wimbledon, even though she, even though she she was probably in the sports book, but not not to me. Her game doesn't really like translate so well on on the grass. But but Coco definitely against especially now that Rubarakova just got like spanked by Muguruza basically six one six one. Coco would have given Muguruza a way better fight, and Coco's game translates better because she's yeah. powerful.
0: She beat Muguruza so, in Australia this year with the too. Jinx. But Ian, you uh, shouldn't <laughs> have seen Ian. That's the problem. I love how it, <laughs> this is great. I didn't even bring that up. You're all about pushing the buck to somebody else having a new jinx. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: with, uh, <laughs> I think now we really have to start focusing on, on her results because I don't think Coco's going to win a match for a little while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is with you guys. Like, it, It's bigger than one jinx. I think it might be a tennis channel jinx. I don't know. It might be, it might you know. Be. We had you, pa- you better
1: stay away, too, dude. If you see Yannick Noah
0: <laughs> and <laughs> on your trip, Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, the other thing, yeah. And Paul Anacone, who you know, a talent. He works with Stan. Doesn't win a match in grass court season. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> Won a It <match. laughs> so was his first round Queens Cup, first round Wimbledon, dude. There's something seriously wrong with our building.
1: So it's, it's, at least I know that it's not me.
0: No. Well, it's so, probably yeah, a yeah. little bit you. But, I mean, it's not all just you. It's not all you, I should say. Okay. So It's a little better. He
1: doesn't want a grass corn. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that.
0: That's yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's funny. But all right. George Pinozzi and Money Mitch Effect. We'll move on to the men's side. Oh, one, one other stat I want to drop, George. Venus Williams has only lost one Grand Slam final to somebody, not her sister, and that's Martina Hingis way back wow. when so she's pretty good in these matches in the finals oh against God. people other than serena so bet with that what you will but all right men's side the final four is set george for the first time since 2005 there is only one member of the big four in a grand slam final and it's the same as it was back in '05. it's just roger federer federer will play against thomas burdick tomorrow uh, with the day of the time you hear this, by the way, but Burdick, Federer in a semi. Burdick gets past Djokovic after he retires. Federer destroys Milos Ronic, who wins last year's loss. Uh, Marin Chilich beats Gilles Mueller, who took out Rafael Nadal in the round of 16. And then it will be Sam Query, an American man in a major semifinal for the first time uh, in eight years. After he took out Andy Murray, he will be taking on Chilich. So, George, the men's draw, unpredictable. As a as a unique feel to it, you happy about this or is it a letdown for you?
1: It's a it's a little bit of a letdown I think for me because I mean, sure it's it's nice to see some new new names in a way um, besides Roger Federer to be in the last four, mm-hmm. but it's uh it it just looks too easy at this point for Federer the the players that are left And I almost feel like it would it would have been a little more exciting if if maybe we saw. A younger talent like like Zverev in it or a team or somebody somebody a little more exciting because we all know that it's it's not like Sam is gonna have this <laughs> remarkable career like uh, all of a sudden you know like it's just gonna be the same story.
2: Man, these that's... players are
1: talented. They're good. They're professional. They make their runs. Sometimes they you know they they get in that zone and then they have great games. And query has a big serve, big forehand. He hits hard, so obviously they, he's just put together a few good matches and and, then that's why he's here and it's awesome i mean the guy's from like he's he's from thousand oaks so it's it's a cool story that we're here in la and he's in wimbledon semifinal.
0: yeah you know what i like talking to tennis with you the most about outside of just gambling predictions that go horribly wrong is the fact that if a player gets to be like 24 and they haven't done anything just dump them out to see. <laughs> basically, it's basically oh just God, next. <laughs> uh, but I I, I do see what true, you're I mean, saying. You know, yeah, it's...
1: Yeah, like if Zverev or team was in it, this would have been way more exciting. Right. I mean...
0: It's but their own but fault. It's their own fault, Cilic, though. though.
1: Yeah, you know? of course. But Chilich is a little exciting, to be honest, because...
0: He's done it know, before.
1: He's obviously, yeah, he's, he's won a Grand Slam. Like, he's... He's kind of been, um, he's been around, you know. Like as far as for like he's being some top main player. This is nothing, new, nothing new for him. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm. I feel the same way with Jillich. He yeah. He's the Go biggest ahead. threat. He's the biggest threat to Roger. I think we can all pretty much agree on that too. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting too, George. If Milos would have beaten Federer, and there was no danger of that, but if he would have. It would have been the first major Grand Slam fi- semifinal ever where all guys were six foot five or taller. <laughs> so, you know, that would have wow. been. Yeah, so Fed being a lot shorter than the other guys here. I think I'll start with Query. That's true. Query beating Murray. Murray clearly not right with his hip. He he, he was just mm-hmm. getting by with Will. You know, you wonder yeah, if these guys are breaking down. And, and Djokovic, yeah. too. These guys might just need a break, you know, to heal up. Yeah, I mean, it got worked got for a Fed and Nadal
1: everyone is saying, especially now that Roger Federer's kind of set that example that, hey, look at me, I'm 30, almost 36 years old, and I'm playing one of the be- I'm still playing maybe the best tennis of my career. And
0: Rafa. You know, like,
1: close close to that. And and everyone's taking it. Yeah. Rafa took a break, too. You're right, Rafa mm. took a break and he came back, and I mean, sure, he's not, like, the same as, as he's not as dominant as, as he was, but he's a lot better. He got a lot better. So he still won a grand slam final won a couple of master (laughs) 1000s i mean he's maybe they do need that Mm -hmm. maybe nothing and and a lot of players are scared to do it because they think once they take a break they won't be able to come back
0: but yeah especially after 30 yeah and queries yeah yeah. yeah. queries got a game that translate i don't like venus williams that translate best on grass i mean he's got a big serve and it's it's a it's a nightmare for a guy like Murray who's going through some stuff who can't defend as good as he is healthy. So I think Query just warmed down and sets four and five. I mean, it was like six one six one. Then that match, it was well, shocking.
1: Yeah, that was shocking. Look, uh, apparently Query wants to take a break too after this, so he can just come back strong. Also, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: But <laughs> you should just play grass court every year, just Isner, only Wimbledon.
1: Isner is going to take a break. All these all these players are going to huh. take a break for two years and come back.
0: Wow! Is there a take a break, come back, make the second week of a major?
1: <laughs> you never know. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what a lot of these players. Yeah. Do. Maybe wants to just leave the game.
0: Uh, George. <laughs> yeah, the other guy, George <laughs> Novak, Djokovic, still chatting with George Pinozzi on the Money Mitch effect. We know about all the drama surrounding him. You know the rumors and stuff going outside of the tennis court, but. On the court, I mean, he loses the Burdick. He loses the first set, falls down 2-0 in the second, and retires. He's 25-2 and two against Burdick, and he retires. I mean, this is the first time I've thought that he's seriously injured. I mean, I didn't know the injury was as bad as it apparently is.
1: No, I mean, he must have been, because, I mean, he only lost he only lost the first set, and then he was down the break in the second when he retired, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean tight first set. Yeah, one break. It's Novak Djokovic. I mean, we know he could yeah, come back.
1: Yeah, it's no big deal. Like, exactly. I mean, we, even if Djokovic is down two sets, but it, clearly something was wrong with uh, with his elbow. You know, so that that's what I think. Um, um, and it's unfortunate. And you know what's funny is that I actually ended up making a, a bet that Djokovic was going to win Wimbledon at four and a half to one on.
0: <laughs> My friend called me this and he said, like, Hey, what do you think about that? And I was like, honestly, uh, I like
1: it so much that I'll take it with you.
0: <laughs> wow. We're going to put that into the... And then he just gets injured. And, <laughs> yeah. Th- and then all of a sudden, uh, the next match. <laughs> we, we need to do a show just listing off all of your uh, bets and terrible predictions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nothing's gonna, you know, nothing, nothing's gonna top top Todd Speed, or Robinson's Montfi's Djokovic's set bet. So well, oh, that yeah, that's man. for, <laughs> that's for another show and another time. But Joker just looks beat up. I mean, this is another guy that we took for granted. We take for granted when these guys have long stretches of dominance. George, it's just not sustainable. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. Feder couldn't hang on forever. Nadal, Murray, and Djokovic. Now all four of them. You're gonna have ups and downs as an athlete and unfortunately it's a down right now for Joker and uh, Murray.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone was kind of expecting I think Djokovic is down, it's kinda of taking he's been kinda of going through through this since last summer, basically kinda of when it all started. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I do wanna and, bring um, up I do wanna bring up another thing too. Uh is that that's when you said uh in January that Djokovic was fine, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We do have that uh, on tape I, too.
1: I I still think it's it's. I mean, I still think he'll be all right. No,
0: so I don't think this is like uh, the end of Joker. That's what I meant by that. Okay, all right. I just wanted to clarify it. He, he's fine. Dimitrov's fine. The, Nishikori's going to win a and grand Nadal slam. Too. Look, Nadal <laughs> won a French That's good. Yeah. No, that's that's true. You don't get them all wrong. Just a lot of them, but. Uh. <laughs> Not all but, of them. but not all of them. J- but like
1: Joker's gonna win. You don't think Joker wins another Grand Slam? Like, come on.
0: He'll win another Grand Slam, but he's he'll win, an, he'll he's, win at least one more. He's not going to have years like he's had before, though. I think those days are no. done of just destroying the entire. Cause you gotta yeah, too, because you got to think too. You mentioned there's... those young guys; they're going to be hopefully coming exactly. up. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that's what I was just about to say. I mean, the longer he waits, those other guys are only going to get better, and eventually, it's going to be their time.
0: It will be. Hopefully, we'll see. Well, George Roger Federer. I mean, we talked about how it's probably his to lose, but can we t- take a minute to just appreciate what a freak this guy is. The fact that he's yeah, going to be thirty six, and say what you want about the the surrounding environment, he just goes out and plays. And Milos beats him last year. He destroys him. He's hasn't lost a set yet this Wimbledon. He looks <laughs> oh like God. he's getting younger. I mean, I don't understand it. Like I,
1: I, don't. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either.
0: I mean, the guy during the French Open, everyone's freaking out. He's selling shoes and and hanging out on the soccer field. I mean, we should have known something was up when he's playing the bongo drum drums in uh, January at the Hopman Cup. <laughs> he's just loose. I mean, he's loose, playing freewheeling.
1: He he did look really happy playing those drums, as if like he knew that he was gonna win <laughs> two more slams in 2017. Maybe not
0: three. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, I don't know that Burdick is really gonna come close to beating him tomorrow given the fact that he's pretty lucky he's even here. But and yeah. Query could beat Chilich. I think Chilich is the favorite he's playing the best grass court of his life right now. Um, but Chilich is the is the only I'd say real threat. If Chilich beats Roger in the final, I don't think you can be like, Oh my god, how did this happen? Which is what you would say if he lost to Query or probably if he lost to Birdits tomorrow too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean we all know that Chilich, Chilich has that game where if his serve is on and he's playing well, he could kind of beat anybody, especially especially on grass or on hardcore. But um, I, I hope that ends up being the final.
0: Yeah, I think Fed's game is just, I mean, it's just its beautiful to watch, right? I mean, just what he's able to do and his feel on grass. I mean, it almost is like he's a robot too because if you watch him long enough like we have, you notice these subtle differences on grass court. Uh, as opposed to hard courts, and his movement, too. I mean, that everything that he's done, there's certain things that you expect a guy of his caliber to do, but I'll always be shocked when a guy his age coming off injuries can get can run down the balls, I mean, that he's been able to.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's remarkable, like, what not only him, but a lot of these older players are doing, kind of.
0: Yeah. Jills um, so. Mueller, I mean, another one, Jills Mueller, who, he's 34 years old. He's got two titles this year. Th- four years ago, he was ranked like 368th. Injured, thought about hanging it up, and he just goes out and beats Nadal in the match of the tournament. And the one that was very, very fun to watch. I know your boy Nadal didn't get it done, but it was uh, quite the quite the event, I would say.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a devastating uh, loss. Um, You know a lot of a lot of some people were calling it the match of the year but not if maybe nadal won it would have been but um, (laughs) yeah maybe it it, it was it it was cool it was interesting definitely i was at the studio when that when that was happening but um yeah it's good for muller i mean it's it's pretty remarkable that he's ranked like 16 in the world and now probably even higher right i mean i didn't even really really realize that until he kind of started getting deeper and i was like wait a minute I think he's top 20 player. I mean, his serve, the serve and volley works well for him, so he kind of got that nailed down. So I think that's that's why some of these players are having a hard time because he serves and volleys so well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Nadal was outplayed for most of the match. He showed why he's yeah. Rafa and how he he fought back and and even in that fifth he set. Did. Fifth set Nadal saved match points. He he grinded, he, he used a lot of guts to do it, but you never thought like he was gonna break Mueller. The serve was just too on. And Nadal had n- no answer for that. Yeah. So well, I don't know, man, but wait, Wimbledon again. Feder can get be... to nineteen majors, George. Nineteen oh my God.
1: <laughs> he won't ever be I mean, that's that'll be untouchable.
0: I mean, that is insane, you know, and It'll, the fact that'll be
1: untouchable.
0: He's gotta be you think he's the most popular yeah. athlete in the world? You think yeah, I mean, worldwide? That's... I mean, I'll open it to you. I think the only people right now, active athletes, that could touch him are probably Messi and Ronaldo, right? Yeah. Because they have to have worldwide know, yeah. appeal. I mean, I'm not, you know, say right what you now, want about, yeah. like, LeBron or whoever and, and, you know, Tom Brady, whatever. Like, the, those games just don't have the appeal, you know?
1: no. No.
0: So I think he might be. I would,
1: say, I would say that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah,
0: he's on a Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan type level. Maybe not quite there, oh. but he's just so oh. liked all around the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just how everyone knows Michael Jordan, everybody knows Tiger Woods. Everyone knows Roger Federer too. They do,
0: they do. It's uh, it's been quite a journey to watch. And how many more years, George? Do you think he has left? I mean, Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't even know at this point. <laughs> I mean, the fact that like he's not even slowing down, like it just he he's gonna play for like at least another year. It seems <laughs> like like at least, right?
0: He said three or four I mean, last year, or at the beginning of this year, and we were like, well, "Oh my God!" And then now I it's think like he's I gonna can see.
1: keep doing what he's doing. I think he's gonna keep kind of playing less less tournaments, kind of pick and choose yeah. what he you know he's gonna skip the clay court season every year <laughs> if, he, if he continues <laughs> on playing yeah. and, and then it's, it's a good balance for him because
0: and shut it down after the US Open probably
1: oh uh, of course easily <laughs> and then he, that's that's what's great about it he can lose all his ranking points if I you know by not playing some of these tournaments but at the end of the day, like, Look, it just, yeah, you can just come in and beat everybody. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'll just
0: beat him in the tournament. I don't care where I'm seated. That's funny. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, You know, like, so it's it's cool. It's kind of interesting now. Like, I'm almost like, I'm I'm excited to watch Federer. Like, anytime Federer's on, like, I want to watch him play it now because I'm kind of like, what is this old man we have in store now? <laughs>
0: wow. Well, all right, you know, George. Cool. Who do you got winning right. the tournaments before I let you go?
1: I mean, it's it's. Uh, it would be ridiculous if I said anybody else but Roger Federer. No. I and mean, he's he's still my pick to win it. And if there is one guy that could give him a hard time, it is Chilich. Chilich is the only guy. That that I think can. Burdick has is probably the last on that list. I I feel like I would give more of a chance to Sam Querrey than Burdick to win the thing.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because Sam Querrey could be Chilich. Yeah, he could. He could. You never know. Yeah. He's a Chillage is a beatable
0: guy. He so. could, yeah. Who do you got on so the women's it would be
1: side? Crazy, on women's side,
0: uh, I think Muguruza, Muguruza will win. Okay, Muguruza. I, I'm yeah. gonna go Venus. I like Fed, but I think Venus. Venus. Yeah. Well, George Pernosian, Money Mitch Effectives was good. You got to get out there and um, you know support your boy Alonso Val in the summer league. That's on I that's know, on man. your agenda. Yes, it last
1: night for the first time. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. He
0: looked with, all right. With Kobe's on, so I think the, the dad is there, right? <laughs> Rocking Kobe's shoes. He wore, Co- he wore Kobe's shoes. Oh, he didn't wear big baller brands. Nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> you got to stay away from the big
0: baller. Yeah, you got to stay away from it. You'll get injured. And I don't know. I mean, it's out there. You're not a big baller unless you don't wear your own shoe, apparently. so.
1: He looked pretty good. I like yeah. his passing. He 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 looked... He still... He's a little scrawny. I mean, the guy's only 19 years old, so, like, he, he'll be all right. There's a lot of talk right now if he's going to be good or not, but I think people need to settle down a little.
0: <laughs> You're just telling everybody to settle <laughs> yeah. down, you know. Well, wow. hey, Lakers, Summer League, exciting. First time there's been some excitement, you know, in the area. So it's Yeah, good. definitely. I watched the whole game yesterday. The <laughs> whole thing. whole thing, wow. On the, on the ESPN too. <laughs> Just getting into it. Well, there you go. And I don't... Oh, actually, last right. thing, though. Super last thing. Have you gotten the jersey from the new Clippers point guard yet? Because I figure that's, like, oh, textbook who I you're all to. about.
1: I want to. The Serbian guy. Euro League or you look, know, look, Greek look, look, League superstar. Look, look, look You'll be impressed with his highlights.
0: And you're a big YouTube highlights guy, I can tell. Like, the formula is... I
1: said that he's not playing in the Summer League.
0: I, I know. The formula for, George, for your for your uh fandom would be youtube highlights plus european equals the truth
1: <laughs> exactly dude. yeah all right exactly, G- that's all i need yeah thanks for having me. all right
0: george yeah thanks again for coming on the show uh it's fun talking wimbledon and until next time we'll, we'll try to be responsible with our sports betting and uh our sports watching yeah thanks for
1: having me money
0: All right, big thanks to George Pinozzi, and thanks to him for coming on the show. And uh, we'll see what happens. I- I'm excited. I'm excited. Query and Charles are going to throw it right now. Better is up next as I record this. You'll probably know what happened at the end of this, but it's exciting to hear hear the optimism in my voice for another Wimbledon. But Venus and Muguruza should be exciting as well. All right, now it's time to talk to Ryan Souls. We got to talk Mayweather McGregor, we got to talk Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, and the rest of NBA Summer League, and we just got to keep it moving in the sports world, We'll look at some of the teams in free agency in the NBA, and some football talk as well. Ryan Soles, the Soul Man, here on Money Mitch Effect. All right, now joining us on the show, Money Mitch Effect, reoccurring guest, Ryan Souls. Thanks for hopping on. Officially now the dark days of summer, but we'll make do. Ryan, thanks for joining the show.
2: Oh, thanks, man. I'm happy to be here, and yeah, we'll be okay. We'll be all right.
0: (laughs) I know it's not football season. It's not the end of basketball season, but there's always something going on in the sports world, Ryan, and we're going to touch on a few things on today's show, but uh, the first thing I want to talk about is a boxing match, if you want to call it that, that doesn't take place for another month and a half but Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather have started their basically North American tour their media press junket already and uh, it's been interesting so Ryan they've had their they had their discussion out here in LA they were in Toronto yesterday twice this week they're gonna take their show on the road whether it's gonna be a great event or not the media side of it is living up to the hype Ryan (laughs) what's I know it's there's a lot of ways to look at this, but what's your initial reaction to just the spectacle of it all? And I think I'm going to call it that, just the spectacle.
2: Uh, I think the spectacle was kind of to be expected. I think they've, they've really been building this fight uh, for a long time, even <clears throat> excuse me, when a lot of people thought it wasn't going to happen. And even over Twitter or Instagram or whatever, the the two fighters were jabbing at each other uh, the entire time. So I think what happened when they met face-to-face uh, kind of is what was bound to happen. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm not shocked. I, I think, you know, you always laugh at, you know, the gimmicks and the stuff that people say on camera and, you know, McGregor's pinstripes and, you know, Floyd's backpack and whatever. But, you know, for the most part, the, this is really who those two guys are. It, it is as advertised and really now it's just about selling pay-per-views.
0: Yeah, and, and that's I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, because that's the name of this game. This sport is so unique is that you have to drive up you know, your own personal interest by how many pay-per-views you can sell. Mayweather's done a great job at that, to love him or hate him, and I think a lot of people oh, fit in that and, ladder discussion. Yeah,
2: I, think, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but I think a great job is an understatement. I mean, I think yeah. he flipped the game on its head.
0: Yeah, the only thing with him, though, I, I wonder, like he comes out with the uh, trying to get the money chance going. Like, you know, we're wrestling guys too, pro wrestling. He's, he's a heel. Uh, <laughs> that's what gets me is he still tries to be true to, to getting the crowd on his side. But, no, he's phenomenal at driving the interest rate up. But, um, you know, it, when that happens, though, Ryan, and, and we've seen this in, in boxing, is that guys cross lines. I mean, the name of the game is just say whatever you whatever you need to to get uh, to get reviews and to get ratings. How do you feel about that side of it? Because we've seen both these guys kind of teeter the line of saying some uncomfortable things, and we've seen it in the history of boxing pay-per-views for guys that kind of cross over boundaries.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of torn on it. You know, on one hand, I, I don't really think any arena, you know, if we're going to make certain jokes that cross the line, you know, I think we always have to be conscious of, of the groups and, you know, of who who we may be offending and whatnot. But I think on the other side, I think it's the spirit of the sport. I think it's what it's always been. So in that regard, I don't know, I don't see a lot of it changing. I think what we do have now is the insane amount of coverage. So I think everything is being dissected no matter how gentle or how vicious it is being said and it's being Played over and over and over again. Right. So, while well, I do think some things uh, cross the line, especially in my opinion with McGregor mm-hmm. uh, towards Mayweather, I think it's kind of what you expect from the sport. I, I do. And, I mean, I think you've seen this McMahon cross the line. We <laughs> cheer and we laugh. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think boxing is kind of the same thing. But, you know, we've never seen this before two completely different arenas uh, meeting in a ring.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, you know, and with McGregor being a loose cannon, definitely overstepping boundaries. It's it's kind of who he's been. Um, Mayweather the same way. I mean, we remember, you know, this is what desensitized me. Ryan to the whole thing. Some of the Mayweather things that you know he had said in the past about Manny Pacquiao, for one. But when you see the fight and when you see the post fight, you know they're all friends. I mean, it would not shock me if McGregor and Mayweather are laughing about this off stage.
2: Oh no, I wouldn't be surprised either, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if on the tour bus or what tour private jet, whatever these, however these guys travel to these things, if their camps are beaten and said, okay, this is the stuff we're going to talk about today, um, because you got to think that if Floyd didn't know that Conor McGregor wasn't going to pick up his backpack, it would have been not only a fight between Floyd and Conor, but these two entourage, oh, entourage yeah. would have been added. Because I mean, you're not just picking up some man's <laughs> Louis Vuitton backpack that he's shown on Instagram yeah. and other media outlets that he carries lots of money in.
0: Yeah, and the flag, too. I mean, the flag exactly. on the other side. You're not just flag grabbing flag. Mag- not McGregor's flag. Irish flag. I mean, that's exactly. it's a game. Exactly. So it's the exact same thing. Yeah, we know well, it's we know it's a game. We know this is how uh, it works. It's, it's had its entertaining moments. I do got to say, though, and, and also too, by the way, that's why Mayweather picked McGregor to fight. I mean, because he's a UFC guy. He's coming into, into this ring, into this arena for his crossover appeal for his basically being a media star in the sports world, which is funny because I saw Triple H wants to get him on Raw next week. <laughs> so that's where this might continue. Our yeah, Ball on
2: too. Let's make
0: it. Let's make it fun. <laughs> yeah, Lavar Ball already a star in the WWE universe. But Ryan, I got to say, from just a non you know non wealthy standpoint that we're both in, not being in that upper echelon tax bracket, isn't it kind of frustrating that Mayweather needs this fight to kind of clear off his tax debts, given all the money yeah. he's made in recent years.
2: You know it is kind of frustrating, but in a weird, you know, sense, it's kind of interesting too. Because one, I'm curious to see how many pay per views they sell and how much overall money is generated. I'm curious to see what check Floyd gets, and then I'm curious to see what that looks like after the IRS gets their cut. Yeah. Uh, so Floyd definitely does need this fight, uh, and that, that's a frustrating aspect, you know, and especially for a guy. Who, who flaunts his opulence the way that he does, and then to get reported that, you know, the IRS is looking for him. It, it, it's not a good look, uh, no. no matter uh, what ends up happening. So
0: No, uh, it's it's also, I mean, does he not have a financial advisor? I mean, we know how much the guy rakes in for these big fights. So I mean, that's... Just because you have
2: one <laughs> doesn't mean you
0: lose it. You listen Or you listen to him or her. Exactly. But we'll see. I mean, I, 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 some of the trash talk has been borderline ridiculous. Mayweather, you know, saying that, Ryan, that you know MMA next was one of the things I heard, but come on, that's not going to happen. No, uh, not, <laughs> at all. not at all. But I'll, I'll end with this because we still have a month away. We're not going to preview the fight on this show, Ryan, but I'm still more excited about Triple G and Canolo. Oh,
2: 100%. 100% or, more. I or, mean, by uh, a long shot. That's a, the of the
0: summer, my A real boxing match, two champions, two guys with unbelievable pedigrees. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But we've already got the Mayweather-McGregor spectacle, and it is just all over the place. That's the best way to say it. But Ryan Soul's Money Mitch effect. Let's move on now to some basketball talk. And I need your take on one thing, Ryan. That's summer league. We've seen a lot of different things. We've seen some guys show out and some injuries and whatnot. But just on the grander scheme of things, Ryan, what do you take away from Summer League for some of these players? I mean, I've heard it all from it's irrelevant to it's going to show us everything we need to see. Is there a middle ground that we can kind of settle in on?
2: Um, I really don't know. Uh, crazy enough, I think it's a little more important than the preseason, to be honest. I think you have – Some of the younger guys out here really competing against their peers and getting better every day. And I think that's important as a young player. Then I think once you get into the preseason and you're working, you know, around the veterans, I think that it makes for an easier transition. So I think because they're playing real five on five basketball against not only just rookies, but second year players you know players really trying to 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 get their spot you know they're not just playing against other rookies they're playing against guys who are grinding who really are showing off uh trying to earn a spot i think you can really see what the makeup is of, of certain players who may be on the fringe mm-hmm. but outside of that i i i wouldn't put any more stock in it than I would a preseason game you know if someone lights up the stat sheet it is just summer
0: I would agree with uh, second year players that might be where you see the most importance how have they Mm -hmm. improved they should be pretty much dominating this league heck we saw it Devin Booker played a few summer league games last year and he destroyed Mm -hmm. the league and then they you know they pulled him out of it right away and, and we know what he did last year I think it's a test, a lot of uh, a test thing like the combines are in basketball, you know, football, the sports, where how much of a professional are you? How hard are you going to work? Are you going to shine in your first real, you know, assignment as a professional? Mm -hmm. But I don't want to take too much out of it. We see a lot of teams that are youth-based that that have all their young guys there and, and, you know, get a little too giddy for it. But, Ryan, I joke, joking uh, on a somewhat joking level, I should say, the NBA should have just started promoing this with who's going to get injured tonight because it seemed like they were dropping like flies the first week of uh, Summer League.
2: Oh, yeah, they were. And maybe, you know, it was just jittery guys. Guys wanting to get out here and really prove it against one another, uh, extend some of those college rivalries. but uh, Or maybe just not proper conditioning. But it's just, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was whose turn is it tonight, so to speak.
0: Now... On the star front, on the, you know, rookies that are coming in with a lot of buzz, who has impressed you the most? Who are you still looking to see something from? There's a lot of choices here. Who's really caught your eye?
2: Um, you know, I think with this performance last night, the low-hanging fruit is Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think he's played well in summer league, you know, with the exception of that game one. I think he
0: went two for 15. Mm -hmm.
2: But I think, um, the, I'm forgetting I'm blanking on his name right now, but the player out of Boston
0: Tatum. Oh yeah, yeah I think
2: Tatum has played really well. Yeah, well, uh, so, I mean, that's an indication of you know how he's going to be his rookie season. I think the Celtics are you know looking at a promising young player.
0: Yeah, well, balls played good in the Kobe's right, not exactly the yeah, big balls. So
2: I mean, <laughs> something about the padding or yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: so who knows, man. Hey, man. you know what, though? In, in all seriousness, I, we've seen this before. We were just talking about this, actually, because in tennis, I use that as an example, you see a lot of players that have sponsorship deals, but they won't go to their shoe until there's one that's ready for them. So I have nothing wrong with Lonzo Ball doing the same, essentially, until he gets the shoe right. we're Nikes. You know? I mean. And, and I'm not even getting into the, the whole business side of it, but you got to play what you're, play with what you're comfortable in and what's yeah. going to keep you safe out there, especially in the first year with a lot to prove.
2: Absolutely you know you can't risk injury or tweaking things trying to advertise sneaker companies and the hype is already there for the shoe so I agree with you 100% Mitch. if they're not right, take the time get them right. And, um, you know, plant some uh, strawberries if you need
0: to. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, a, a socially responsible way to do things as well, too.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. Or, or the, the what, what's the shack shoe called?
0: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I shack, don't know. Shack attacks.
0: I think I've programmed that out of my mind, though. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. if we're going to give a shout-out to, uh, you know, Bang for Your Buck shoes, i got to give a shout-out to J.J. Watt and his training shoe. Because okay. it, it's not, it's, it's Reebok, but it's not, oh, it's, okay. It, it's Reebok, not, you know, in the sense, you know, not Rick Ross Reebok. Um, okay. But I think, okay. I think JJ might have a little bit better physique than Rick Ross. We'll have to go to the tape on that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, those are like 90, 90 to a hundred dollar training shoes. And I know they're not Starberry range, but if we're talking about affordable and what the going rate for those shoes are with a billing of an athlete like that. You're in the high 100s pushing $200, so those are responsible. Got to give him a shout-out as well.
2: Okay, all right, all right. So, J.J. Watson's love. I like it.
0: You know, but as well as we get back to Tatum, he's looks very polished. He's a proven scorer. He's what Boston needs. Uh, the more I see him play, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, the better he looks. But the trade to me wasn't about, you know, going back to the draft day trade, it wasn't about Ryan what they're gonna get necessarily to move down. It was about the fact that Tatum was their guy. And they would have taken him at one regardless, so why not get something? So how can I really fault that if that was the guy they were gonna take all along and they get, you know, a little more to move down.
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree. If that was the guy, then you know, you knew you were gonna get him there, why not?
0: They're gonna have an interesting team next year as we're on the Celtics here. I mean, they sign Hayward, they have a lot of wings and a lot of, you know, two way players on the perimeter. They bring in a, one of the Morris Twins, and you wonder what's next for the future of this franchise with Isaiah Thomas coming off of an injury, a sensational season. and But is approaching 30, and he's in line for a Supermax contract. Uh, I don't know, Ryan. I think the Celtics could be something to look out for.
2: Yeah, you know, I go back and forth, and I think seeing Gordon Hayward uh, transition from not having the ball as much coming off his best season in his career is going to be interesting Uh, seeing really how he and Isaiah Thomas work together uh, are interesting too. I still think they're going to have some problems on defense with Isaiah Thomas guarding his position. And even with that move and, you know, and just to be fair, Mitch, I'll say this about Paul George. I'd say it about Jimmy Butler to me no player they could have added was closing the gap between them and Cleveland. Instead of winning, you know, one game in the Eastern Conference Finals, they win two. Uh, mm. but outside of that I just I could I can't see that team as constructed. Especially with A. V. Bradley getting out of town now too, losing that defense. I think that, that that's rough.
0: So I I agree with most of what you said. I think Tatum is the key if he turns out to be, you know, a top 15 player in this league that could change things. But, Ryan, the only thing would be there might be a chance now with the rumors swirling around LeBron in 2018 with the fact that this team still doesn't have a general manager that the owner, Dan Gilbert, is – I mean, well, he's the owner, Dan Gilbert. That's pretty much all you need to say there. But do you think this team might have plateaued a little bit in Cleveland?
2: You know, I, I think I take a little different perspective with Cleveland because I definitely see it as a slight plateau, but we really didn't know what the pieces they could have gotten and what they were doing. It was either Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, or both. I think we needed, and, you know, Mitch, you told me if you agree with this, I think we needed to see both to have a chance versus the Warriors. And I think Cleveland was saying, okay, if we don't know what LeBron's going to do, after the twenty eighteen season, it's gonna be hard to attract a player here, a superstar caliber player here for the long haul if they don't know what LeBron James is gonna do. Yeah. So I think that was tough. So I think, you know, the if you're LeBron James, people said LeBron James should be upset or whatnot. And in my opinion, I just don't really see what all you could have done, especially if LeBron James liked playing with Kevin Love. I just really don't see I think LeBron I don't want to say he's just being content going to the finals, but I think LeBron feels like if he gets into the finals, which now all the other good players in the East went to the West, so if LeBron gets into the finals, he feels like it's a seven-game series. He's got a chance as good as anybody against whoever he plays, and that's not a wrong mentality to have. You know, it's the Warriors, you know, we're talking about here, but I think LeBron feels like if he gets in a seven-game series with anybody, he's got a chance to win.
0: Yeah. so, yeah.
2: I, I, I don't I don't think it's as negative as the people make it out to be.
0: I think the worst part to me, Ryan, is the money side is so messed up with some of the deals oh, they man, gave out.
2: Absolutely. I mean, because and Thompson, number one, he doesn't deserve $87 million yeah. when you get out-rebounded by Steph Curry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, I also think, I mean, it, it's hard to attract talent when you're not sure what the future of the franchise is. You're right on that. and without money to even play around with, I mean, their, their options are limited. So they might still make moves, but, you know, they might just go with, though, we can get to the finals. But after that, we'll have to see mentality, Ryan. Though the last NBA thing I want to chat with you here, talking Ryan Souls on the Money Mitch Effect, is that Rockets team that gives James Harden one of the more outlandish extensions I've ever seen, four years, $228 million. But then they keep it going. You know, they add Chris Paul, and now the rumors are they're trying to land Mello I don't know. I'm still torn on this because I don't know how good this actually makes them in regards to Golden State and, frankly, San Antonio and the rest of the Western Conference, Oklahoma City as well. What's your take on the matter?
2: Oh, I'm not torn on it at all. I <clears throat> excuse me. I don't like the makeup, and I think I'm just gonna have to be proven wrong, especially adding Carmelo Anthony. But if we just start with the roster is currently constructed, what they have, I think. You know, well, I don't think I, I, we know. We saw James Harden have his best season, I think, by far, with Mike D'Antoni at the helm, James Harden at the top of the offense, the key, the the focal point of the offense, being ball dominant, high usage rate, all rate, all that. I think we introduce somebody like Chris Paul. One, the balls coming out of James Harden's hands. I think James Harden is a natural two guard, but does he want to play the two guard? And then I think a lot of people are talking about this, but with Chris Paul, Mike D'Antoni likes to um, run and gun. And mm-hmm. he, you know, the, the old seven seconds or less. And in my opinion, Chris Paul is just as good in the half court as he is at, in a fast-paced offense. So I think going away, that team isn't built to play half court. They, they have – it was James Harden a bunch of three-point shooters. So I think you might be limiting Chris Paul uh, in some ways because – you really turn Chris Paul and James Harden into the same player.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, you have all these ball-dominant players, Melo included, if he's there. Harden having you know the season of his life when he had the ball in his hands. Here's one side that I'm willing to give them some slack on, Ryan. It's that the players are pushing for these deals. Harden and Paul wanted this to happen together, and Paul and Melo are, are great friends, you know, banana boat lifers, and... They want to play it together. So if the players are driving it, I have a little optimism. Maybe not a whole lot, but a little. Does that make sense?
2: I mean, I think it makes sense, but when you see what the Warriors do and you're looking around at the crop of players <laughs> and what you can do, it's almost like, okay, we all, we got type of situation. Yeah. I don't think James Harden was handed, oh, I want Chris Paul. I just think he said, well, I better get Chris Paul before somebody else does. Or I really don't have Well, a
0: Yeah. I mean, that's so, the thing. It's an arms race, Ryan. Yeah, so I, I mean,
2: that, yeah, that's motivating it too.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't see it working um, in the long stretch. And that's just how good Golden State is. I mean, NBA free agency to me was the narrative of Golden State's so good, they're making all these teams lose their minds.
2: <laughs> right, right. And and they're making all these other teams, so to speak, buck up yeah. uh, and, and do something. But let me ask you this. Even, okay, let's just let's just say the 31 teams, let's eliminate the Warriors for a second.
0: There's 29 more, yeah. Yeah, oh
2: yeah, I'm thinking NFL, 29. <laughs> do you think the Rockets are good enough to win the, the a championship with that team? I don't.
0: Okay, so this is also goes to my idea that we should just get rid of conferences mm-hmm. because then you'd have a, a, an open bracket. In that sense, right. it would be very, very close, I'll say. Right. Probably not, um, but you never know. I mean, what are, what are the Spurs going to do? How good are the Thunder going to be with George and Westbrook? What would Cleveland look like in a world without Golden State? These are all questions we really don't know the answer to. It would right, be exciting right. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm all for making it more exciting. That's why I want more no conferences. I like to see even matchups in the playoffs. But the reality is Golden State has the best players. They have <laughs> they have players willing to take less money, and they, they're fitting in under the current salary cap structure. So I don't know. It, it'd be tough. It, it's going to be tough. But Ryan, before I let you go, Money Mitch Effect, Ryan Souls. I uh, I do want to say one thing uh, in lead up to the final part of the show. It's going to be football season in you know about two months or so, and we're not going to we'll do our, our annual preview of what we think is going to happen, Super Bowl picks and whatnot. I'm not going to get into that, Ryan. But all I'm going to say as like a teaser is that there's some teams with some young quarterbacks out there that I'm really liking in terms of uh, making a run on both sides of the conference. I think you can figure out who they are, but uh, I'm high on a couple teams with some young signal callers.
2: Yeah, I am too, and it'll it'll just be interesting uh, to see how it goes. I think um, you might be mentioning a guy from you know one of the Dakotas, so I, I hope.
0: Uh, no, now, we'll I <laughs> See, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Either. But <laughs> I put the spot yeah, <laughs> I I think I might need to. You know, one is uh is going to be coming down from up north to go to uh, Sin City in a few years, so I might need to okay. check out his team. Okay. Um. Another guy is uh, you know, in in, in a, the football country hotbed, if you want to, <laughs> if you okay. want to preview that one, and then there's a third guy, who uh, just got a really really fast receiver from uh, your old favorite team, originally your old favorite team, or your favorite oh. team, and uh, I think they could be good down in Florida as well. So. Okay. Okay. I yeah. just, I, you know, I think the way the league is going, how important quarterbacks are. I mean, you see Brady just completely tearing it up, even at 40. And uh, I like putting faith in how good that quarterback position is. And I think we got some guys that can make the leap and uh, the talent's starting to surround them. So I'm looking forward to it already. I know we still got some time, but it should be pretty exciting.
2: No, I am too. And, you know, um, we got such a great showing from a lot of these rookies. I'm hoping we don't have any um, big sophomore slumps. I hope these guys should keep playing well. I really do.
0: And can I say this too? I don't want any injuries in training camp.
2: No, I don't. You
0: I know. Really,
2: like, like, I want to see everybody start the season healthy. You know, once everybody goes to battle, whatever happens from there happens. Right. Man, I, no injuries
0: in training. Right. No injuries in training camp except for Big Ben. But uh, <laughs> just, that's okay. If it's good, I'm not saying I want him to get hurt. But if somebody has to get hurt, I mean, it's the clear toy <laughs> It's the clear Yeah, no, I got you.
2: I, I mean, my, my <laughs> pick would be Tony Romo, but he doesn't play anymore.
0: I don't think guys get injured in the uh, commentator booth, but well, he
2: he he might change that.
0: <laughs> he might. I don't know. It's uh, I still I still gotta pour some out for Phil Simms. It's uh, it's terrible what Tony Romo did to you. <laughs> but... Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, it is. But all right, Ryan Souls, Money Mitch Effect. Last thing before I let you go, we've been texting about this, but I was lucky enough to go to see J Cole on Tuesday night and it was phenomenal I gotta say you had seen him before I hadn't I told you my excitement check him out at the forum in night one of two nights he performed in LA back to back and I was uh, blown away by a lot of things you mentioned the live music experience it was great shout out to the band that basically played in the dark all night he was at a center stage they were you know further off to the main stage but a lot of different instruments a lot of different uh, ways that he performed but Ryan the idea that He just does his whole album. It's an interesting concept in the hip-hop world. But his philosophy is, I mean what I, you know, I put a lot of value and effort into these songs. I want to showcase them. Why would I put them on an album if I didn't feel like they were worthy to be performed? So it's interesting. You're not going to see all the classic hits, but I was very impressed by uh, this approach and by J. Cole and just at large.
2: No, and I agree. And, you know, maybe on another show we can talk about, my opinions of the the hip-hop concert, but I think that as much as I love hip-hop, I feel like that genre is always trying to reinvent the way it showcases its artists live. So I think to see just artists do different things, um, you know, with live bands or whatever, it's refreshing, it's cool. So no, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed your experience.
0: Yeah, and he was, you know, he's a showman uh, that don't you know make that mistake i mean he he's he's deep in a lot of his words and a lot of his thoughts but you know he had a lot of energy uh which you know is what you is what you want and what you need for these shows obviously he performed for a while about an hour and a half i think and
2: and and i'll mention i'm an album i'm a full album guy myself so when an artist can perform a whole album you know i i that particularly makes me happy
0: and i like and the full songs, you know, not just n- not, not just, not just a verse. the verse, yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, the full song. That's important.
0: But he was, you know, he was funny too. I mean, there were some lighthearted moments too. I mean, it wasn't just business. You know, he he liked it. Up. He lightened it up. He got the crowd going. Uh, it good. was good. And and he showcased all of his artists. You know, he didn't bring anybody. We we're in L.A. You know, he didn't bring in anybody famous. Yeah. He showcased all his artists. It was good. It was a good show. And I'll That's say good. this right now: if I had to pick a couple of artists to see. You know, a couple of artists to see uh, live, I guess in the younger ish demographic for hip hop. I was only I was thinking about this and there's really three that stand out now that I've seen J. Cole. The only other two, I mean I know you're a Kendrick Lamar guy. I uh, would like to go see him perform a full set. And then probably Chance the Rapper. Those are probably the only three that I'd put in that category of the live performance that I would really be, you know, interested in seeing.
2: Yeah, that's a good group. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could debate that too much. I really had to think about it.
0: Well, I'll leave you with this. In the, in, the, in the spirit of our previous debates, you know, way back to college, ranking lists and stuff, and in the spirit of a lot of hip-hop coverage out, there's a lot of good docs going out there, the Defiant Ones with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, which I've started watching is pretty good. I'll leave you with this, Ryan. I came to somewhat of a conclusion for my era of the five greatest rappers ever. So I'll okay. tell you that I'll tell you that right now, and I'll just hang
2: on, hang on. Start with your era. What, no, here, here, here's
0: here's the thing I was gonna say is that okay. you have to do like our basic lifetime. So, okay. with all due respect to guys like Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, KRS One, and and I would and I'd also throw El oh, cool, J in there. I didn't really live that experience, you know, yeah, or yeah, even I'm get sure. into it at an age when it was kind of fresh. So I agree. Okay, so I'm just gonna say the top five, and uh, here we go. Number one is Biggie yeah. I go Biggie, Nas, Tupac Jay-Z I probably know I flipped that Jay-Z 3, Tupac 4, and Ice Cube 5 and that's my list and that's okay. what I'm rolling out onto the court So,
2: okay, I, yeah, I have to get back to you with my okay. different point but yeah. I think uh, I will say 100% that I agree with you that Biggie is number 1 I think um, Andre 3K has to be mm. somewhere in that top 5
0: I respect it Okay, and
2: um, you know I think I think Jay Z's got to be in there too. So what we do with the rest is what. We do.
0: Oh man, I just gotta say, man. Yeah. I mean, Ice Cube especially, like they had a doc. Oh, they had a, they that don't... certificate. I
2: mean, he has got. I mean, this is this, no Vaseline. They, <laughs> I mean, this,
0: they the had last a lot li- Yeah. Of time, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, they had a line in there um, in one of the uh, Defiant Ones documentary. Where they basically said that Ice Cube was the spirit of N.W.A. and I thought that was just so perfect. Oh, uh, and yeah, honestly, for his writing ability and everything, and the fact that uh, this isn't an advanced metric, but is there a better rapper that had a? Is there a rapper that had a better game face? I'd say probably not.
2: Oh no, I, that, that's <laughs> tough. You know, yeah, Ice Cube was always. I mean. Even in his movies, you know, where I, I forget some of the corny movies he's been in, but he that face is in every one of them. <laughs> yeah. People know the Ice Cube
0: face. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's chatting it up, he's doing family stuff in the rom-coms, and then he just, he'll snap into it when he needs to. Yeah. Absolutely. But, Ryan, this was fun. Hey, best of luck with everything going on right now for you, and uh, safe travels. I know you're, you're vastly approaching wedding season, so enjoy it
2: yeah man you know friend of the show uh, your buddy yeah. Steve Lenovey, uh, my buddy getting married so I'm in his wedding so congrats to him and uh, safe travels to you I know you're doing some vacationing soon mm-hmm. so big ups to you man safe travels and uh, always appreciate you having me on
0: yeah definitely tip a few back for me at that wedding when you guys link oh. up so.
2: oh, that, that's done
0: <laughs> so, there we go alright Ryan Souls, Money Mitch Effect thanks for joining the show
2: appreciate you
0: Thanks to everybody for listening to today's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. And thanks to Ryan Souls and George Pinozian for making appearances on today's show. Thanks again to Tim Adams for supplying the music. Brian Nelson for supplying the logos that you see when you click on any episode of The Money Mitch Effect online. Which coincidentally can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And uh, we got uh, one more show next week. I'm gonna be going on a little vacation, so we will have one show early next week, recapping. Well, we'll then talking some other things as well. Hope you listen to it. Hope you enjoyed the show. I am Mitch Michaels. You know what this is about. Money, Mitch Effect. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll be watching sports. I hope you will be too.